Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you. Whether you're listening on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, if you're choosing to listen via the live stream, you can find on ESPNTucson.com. We do appreciate you tuning in. We know that you have an option of where to lend your ears to get your sports information, entertainment, and news, and we do appreciate you choosing Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. We do have the podcast available every single day following the show. Within an hour or two following the show, it's up and on all of the different sites you can find your podcast, whether it be Apple, Audible, Amazon. Um, you can find it on Stitcher, TuneIn, all the places you get your podcast. You can find the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. If you're looking for live sports action here on ESPN Tucson, we got you covered starting tomorrow night. D-backs taking on the Mariners. If you want to check out a little baseball, coverage starts at 6.30 p.m. for the D-backs and, uh, and Mariners. Saturday, a full slate of action, followed by Sunday as well over the weekend. Saturday, starting at 10 a.m., the Lumberjacks taking on South Dakota. We'll have that game for you live as we do with all NAU football games here, right here on ESPN Tucson. And then that night at uh, 5.30, D-backs taking on the Mariners in Seattle. And then Sunday, a big doubleheader in the NFL Kicking off your NFL season right here like we always do on ESPN Tucson. Starting with coverage at 9.30 in the morning. It's the Seahawks and the Colts in Indianapolis. Big game for both of those teams trying to establish themselves in, uh, in, you know, in their uh, positions for, uh, for, for playoffs, seedings, and standings. Obviously a big game. That's a, that's a good matchup. And then the, uh, the late game or the afternoon game, I should say, we have. The coverage will begin around 12.45 or as soon as the, uh, as soon as the previous game ends. Browns at Chiefs, huge game, lots of fireworks, scoreboard like a pinball machine. Now, I say that, and normally when I say something like that, whenever there's a, a, a matchup between two teams that feature great offenses, this happens in football more than any other sport, two great offenses to get, get together, and you're like, man, it's going to be fireworks. There's going to be – it's going to be look like a pinball score on the scoreboard. And then the final is like 17-13. Because the offenses just kind of cancel each other out. Remember the, the national championship game from several years back, Auburn and Oregon, right here in, in Glendale. People are like, this is going to be the highest-scoring national championship game, game ever. Oregon 51, Auburn 48. What was the final score of that game? 1916? Something like that? Score was more indicative of, like, it was played in the year 1916 than it was played in the, in the 21st century between those two offenses. So it happens all the time. However, I don't think it's going to happen this, this Sunday. I think Browns and Chiefs is going to be electric. That's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, that coverage is right here on ESPN Tucson. If you're not able to watch it live, uh, or if you're you know if you're out, out running errands, or if you head over to the uh, to the Lute Olson Memorial on uh, Sunday at the McHale Center, and on your way home you want to tune in and see what's going on right here on ESPN Tucson Browns and Chiefs, and then Sunday night D-backs and Mariners at it again from Seattle. So. Tune in right here, ESPN Tucson. We got all your uh, live local coverage when it comes to uh, when it comes to live sports here, NFL, college, everything. You got it right here. So we're going to take a. Uh, this will be just be a short segment here because coming up in just a few minutes, I'm going to be joined by Amanda Powers, who is the club president of FC Tucson. 
There's a, a big event going on this Saturday at Keno North Stadium for the FC Tucson game. And I want to talk with her about that and let the fans know everything that's going on with FC Tucson and this great promotion that they've got going on uh, coming up this weekend. Also, uh, we're going to be joined later this hour by Rich Ornberger, who's the color analyst for San Diego State football. We're going to talk a little preview of Wildcats and Aztecs coming up Saturday night at Arizona Stadium. So got a couple interviews to, uh, to knock out here, and uh, we'll, have some, uh, we'll have some fun with that. Now, if you've been listening to the show all week or for the last two weeks, you've known that uh, I've been giving away my season tickets all season long to Arizona football home games. I have four tickets. We've split them up into two pairs, and you're going to have an opportunity to, to enter to win those right now. We're going to do them right now, early here in the 8 o'clock hour, as if you, can, uh, if you text the word bear down, just one word, bear down, B-E-A-R-D-O-W-N, to 68683 right now. You're going to get a chance to win a pair of my tickets to go watch Saturday's home opener against San Diego State. The new coach, the desert is rising. It's time to bear down Arizona and support your team. But uh, text to win right now. The number is 68683. Text the word bear down. We've got a small window to get those entries in here for the 8 o'clock hour. And this is your last chance to win tickets for this week's game. We're going to have more tickets next week for NAU. But this is your last chance to win tickets for this week's game against San Diego State. So text now, bear down to 68683. Give yourself a chance to win my tickets to the game. And we'll be announcing a winner tomorrow message and data rates may apply and we will send those tickets digitally directly to your phone so you can just walk up to the gate and be like bam there's my tickets we're gonna get we're gonna go sit in big jeff's seats tonight and uh, we're gonna enjoy a wildcat win hopefully we'll see it'll be a good game well, i'm interested to hear what uh, rich ornberger has to say about uh, about the aztecs coming up so um real quick here I know a lot has been made about what's been going on with the captains. Every year the captains get announced. I thought it was really cool the way that Jacksonville, uh, the way that Urban Meyer had Jacksonville announce their captains. Um, they had a big, uh, essentially like a big meeting, a big team meeting, and he had family members of the captains essentially zoom in to the meeting and announce that their husband, their dad, uh, their son, whatever, was going to be a captain of the team. I thought that was a really cool way to announce the captains. Apparently, that's how Urban Meyer had done it. He had kind of had family members involved when he was at Ohio State and uh, Florida as well, as far as naming the captains. So, you know, obviously the team votes on the captains. And look, I, I've because ta- I've been asked this before. They're like, do the teams really vote on the captains? Yes, they really do. The, the players do have a lot of input. Um, I think in certain situations, uh, coaches can influence the vote. Like, for instance, in New England, Mac Jones is not one of the team captains. Okay? It's, it's rare to not have a quarterback as a team captain, but it's not unheard of. Now, Mac Jones, not one, of the, not one of the captains in New England, probably because Bill Belichick left him off of the ballot. Like, he's got enough to worry about here. Let's not have him worried about putting a C on his chest and being out there for the coin toss and all this other stuff. He's got to prepare in other ways outside of being a captain for this team. He doesn't need that on him. He's already a starting quarterback. He's already got enough on his, sh- on his shoulders. Let him just go out and play quarterback. We have other captains on this team. So I'm pretty sure that Mac was left off the ballot in that aspect where Belichick was like, don't even, don't even bother voting for him. Just leave, pretend he's not even here. Now, in other situations, it's interesting that Miami did not vote, the players did not vote for Tua, their quarterback, to be 
the to be a team captain, where there are plenty of situations across the league where sophomore quarterbacks, second-year quarterbacks, Justin Herbert is second-year quarterback. He's a captain. Okay, um, I think that's. I think it's interesting to see, you know, kind of where Miami's head is. Now, I'm not saying that it was influenced by head coach Brian Flores. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just. I think maybe that um, the team is is starting to realize that not that they made a mistake. I think Tua is capable. But when you look at the talent that they have on that team, the amount of young, raw talent that they have on that team, they may have just the wrong guy right now. If they want to cash in an AFC championship or get to the AFC championship game, I think a lot of people in that organization believe they got the wrong dude pulling the trigger. That's not to say that Tua is a bad quarterback, but there are other quarterbacks out there that I think would be a better situation. I mean, people. I, I was talking to a guy last night. He think Cam Newton goes to Miami. I'm like, no. Why would they bring in? Why would they bring in Cam Newton in place of Tua? That's like that's going backwards, in my opinion. You know, you you want to show faith and confidence in your young quarterback. It's important that they do that. So, look, I don't think Cam Newton's going to sign in Miami, but I think if the price was right. Deshaun Watson would be a Dolphin right now. The price wasn't right. Houston is asking for too much, according to Miami, and uh, they're going to stick with Tua for now. But I think there's a lot of a lot of other options that I that uh, that uh, Brian Flores and that organization would like to have, other than the current situation that they do have with uh, with Tua Tunga Vailoa. So something to keep an eye on. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't think Miami makes the the playoffs this year. I think they're that, that division is going to be just a little too good. I think their schedule is a little too rough. And, again, I, I just the AFC is very talented. It's very top-heavy. And I just don't think Miami is going to be able to survive and make uh, make a playoff run this year. So, But, again, we'll see. I'm not a, certainly not an expert. I'm just giving my opinions here like I always do every single weekday here on the Jeff Dean Show. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to talk a little football. That's uh, club football with Amanda Powers, president of FC Tucson. It's First Responders Night coming up at Kino North this Saturday night, and I uh, want to talk about that because there's uh, some very important acknowledgments, uh, acknowledgments that are going to be occurring uh, during that game. So we're going to talk about that next. Stick around. It's the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Join Spears and Ali for the return of Monday Night Football as they broadcast live from Famous Sam's at River in La Choya. Come down, watch the show live, and then stay for Monday Night Football. 42 televisions, over 20 beers on tap at the Famous Sam's at River in La Choya. Happy hours from 2 to 6. It's a clean and friendly spot to hang out with family and friends. If you want more information on on, uh, locations and times, go to ESPNTucson.com. All right. Now we're going to uh, turn our attention to something that's happening locally, something that I think a lot of us can get behind. It's a, it's a big uh, event that's happening at Kino North for FC Tucson's game on Saturday night. And joining us right now is the president of the FC Tucson Club, Amanda Powers. She joins us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. Amanda, it's Jeff. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Good morning. Thank you, uh, Jeff. I'm doing great. Beautiful weather, and I'm um, looking forward to heading into the weekend. Absolutely, and you guys have a big uh, you guys have a big game coming up on Saturday night, and we'll get into that in just a few moments here. But I want to talk originally about what kind of brought you here 
to Tucson because you were in you were an integral part of the development of a a, a statewide professional sports franchise in New Mexico, the first ever, really. Um, what made you decide to head west? What was the allure that Tucson brought to you? Well, I received a call from Brett Johnson, who you know is on the chair, uh, is on the board for Phoenix Rising, and you know at that time FC Tucson was owned by Phoenix Rising, and um, you know it was the end of the 2019 season. It was the first year that FC Tucson had on pro um, after you know many great years, about seven years of amateur status. And it was a little bit of a rough year. You know, they finished in, in eighth place and, um, you know, fanfare was down and they, they needed somebody to come in and kind of turn things around and reactivate the community and, and readjust the vision for the club. Um, so I came down in late 2019 and, uh, you know, toured around Fourth Avenue and the Mercado and the mountains and the, the culture and just everything about it. And I absolutely fell in love with the city. And I could start to see that this truly is a sports town, um, that this is a, a town that's also, you know, a, a wildcat town, but it also is, you know, I think a soccer town. It just doesn't know it yet. So, um, you know, I came in, I moved in the New Year's Eve going into 2020, and we had a real short runway to get the MLS preseason event up and running and then to get our season ready to go. So, um, you know, the pandemic <laughs> interrupted some of that. But in some ways, I, I think it helped us to kind of to find out who we are as a club. You know, we did play a season last year. And luckily, our games are on ESPN+. Plus, So we, we could still, you know, show, show, the, show the fans, show the community the product. And, um, you know, we rolled up our sleeves in the offseason to, to really try to figure out who we are as a team. And, and what I do best is kind of – activate in the community and and honestly um try to build a championship club now how has the community response been in tucson to, to finally having a, a pro soccer team and a pro soccer league with with other professional teams coming into tucson to play from all across the country also how how has fan reaction been and, and, and acceptance of the team so far you know the the soccer fans in this town have a real high soccer IQ. They really know the sport. Um, you can hear it from the fans. Um, and I think the other piece is you know the founders of FC Tucson, John Perlman, Rick Chance, and Greg Foster. Um, John Perlman is our interim head coach still to date. Um, but you know they, those were those were those were guys that really were connected on a grassroots level to the soccer community. You know we have an affiliate uh, FC Tucson Youth Soccer Club here with more than 3,000 kids. So this is a this is a community that knows high level soccer, and because the MLS preseason comes here, they ha- they're used to seeing the stars. They're used to to seeing great beautiful football on the pitch. Um, what we've got to do a good job of is educating people on the soccer pyramid and why they need to care about this team. Um, you know, the USA played um, Honduras last night and, and came out with a win, a much-needed win. And, you know, they, the USA has got to perform in order to compete in this next World Cup. And then in five years from now, the World Cup's going to be in the U.S. So we're just gearing up and trying to educate the fans and about the importance of this level of soccer and try to, you know, build some homegrown heroes. At the same time, we want to build a really unique game day experience, um, you know, that, that brings in the sights and sounds of Tucson and, and highlights our community like we're doing this weekend. Amanda, it's been a bit of a, a streaky season, you know, one with that's been mm-hmm. just right with, you know, with wins and loss streaks and things like that. But recently you guys have had some success. You haven't lost a match 
since August 14th. You guys are 301 since, and you're going to try to continue that this Saturday night. How has the, the roller coaster been this year for you guys? Obviously, it's going to be difficult, but, but I think the rises have been better than the falls. Yeah, you know, it's just like an episode of Ted Lasso meets a little house of cards. That's all. Um, <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, um, you know, we had to make a really difficult decision to, um, you know, part ways with our head coach, um, you know, a quarter of the way through the season. Um, he had sat at that post for about a year and a half. And, um, you know, John Perlman and I, you know, have a very similar philosophy and, and we have a winning mindset. And, um, we we knew that there was some there was some things that we could adjust in terms of how we were playing certain players, um, and then I think more importantly it's the culture in the locker room, and if there, there's nobody I trust more than John Perlman in that locker room to to be able to set a tone, um, help these guys who are a lot a lot of them are first year pros, some of them have been playing internationally, you know it's a really wide sort of spectrum of players, and so. You know, having somebody who can who can see the whole person, um, because so much in soccer, it, it's about that. It's, you, you can have the most skills in the world, but if, if you can't trust your teammate and trust that they're going to be placing the ball where you need to place it and taking shots, then, then you're not going to play as a team. And so um, I think what I want to credit things to is, is that decision and then putting somebody in post there that, um, can instill those kinds of values um, and, and make these guys really hungry. And, and I certainly, you know, I, I come down to the locker room frequently during the week to, to watch them watch tape. And, um, and you can just sense that there's a confidence. Um, everybody in League One is talking about this team. It's super hot. I mean, we were in 11th place a week ago. We just got 10 points, you know, um, in a four, you know, a three game road, road trip. And um, we are, you know, we're, I think I think we're dangerous, and so I, I have no doubt in my mind that if we can continue this focus, that we're we're pushing playoffs. And I don't know, some of us in our office are already talking about when our ring fittings are. <laughs> FC Tucson <laughs> President Amanda Powers joining us right here on the Jeff Dean Show, talking some uh, some soccer, some local soccer. And uh, look, you guys are are having a, a very special night on Saturday night. Of course, it is September 11th. It is the 20 year anniversary of the events that occurred on that fateful day and speaking personally as someone who comes from a family full of first responders my uncle uh who was born in in tucson was the drum major at super bowl one with the arizona wildcats marching band uh he went on to be a police officer in northern california my father is a firefighter my brother's a firefighter lots of very very close people in my life have been first responders and you guys are spotlighting first responders this saturday night talk a little bit about the ceremonies that are going to occur at Kino north Wow, you just gave me chills, Jeff. Um, yeah, no, it's really exciting, and it just so happened that this game fell on on the 20th anniversary of 9/11, and it's it's a difficult task to try to marry, you know, the somberness of, of a memory that we all shared together, um, and and honor that in a way, but still, you know, prepare to, to take the pitch and and you know try to prepare your mindset to be competitive and win a game. But we have been working um, in a larger partnership with Tucson Police Department for the last few months. In fact, we have a Davis Monthan United uh, soccer team versus TPD game on September 24th. Um, and so in part of that larger partnership, they're, they're um, bringing some tactical vehicles, drones, and even a helicopter to take off and land right after the national anthem. Um, 
And then we've got TFD. Um, you know, we've been working with all the captains um, over at the Tucson Fire Department to bring in the engine um, and then also feature the pipes and drums. But the pregame activities is, is really going to be special. Um, we have worked with Klein for the Fallen, and we've put together these beautiful banners um, commemorating all 343 of the firefighters that were lost in 9-11, and we've included their photo and bio. So when you enter into the stadium on Saturday, you're going to be able to take part in that and, and read about these guys and gals' lives. Um, additionally, um, you know, just before we present the colors, we will be honoring four very important first responders in our community. Um, 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 Marcella Hammond with the Northwest Fire District, um, Cassandra Moreno, who was that EMT firefighter that was in that South uh, Tucson shootout um, that survived that deadly shootout. Um, we also are going to have uh, uh, Danny Leon, who was the officer that was able to take down that 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 perpetrator in that um, that event, and then also um, you know we've got the firefighter of the year. So. Um, you know, it's it's going to be powerful. Um, we encourage people to come out early. And then, of course, we're playing Fort Lauderdale, which is David Beckham's um, MLS2 team, yep. a kind of a rival. So, yeah, it's going to be powerful. Well, a, a huge, powerful night of honoring those that were fallen on September 11th, as well as local heroes in the city of Tucson. Can't think of a better reason to go out and uh, support not only the community, but our first responders and, of course, FC Tucson as they take on uh, Fort Lauderdale. And this is the last chance you're going to get to see FC Tucson for a while. It's their last home game of September. They won't be back until October 2nd. So get on out there, support the team. Gates are at 6. They're going to have pregame ceremonies. And, of course, the uh, the game kicks off at 7 o'clock. Amanda, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for sharing everything with us. Thank you for honoring first responders coming up this Saturday. And I hope you guys have a, a great success to the rest of your season. And we'll talk again soon, okay? Jeff, thank you so much, and Puerto Tucson. We appreciate it. Take care. My, my pleasure. That's Amanda Powers, president of FC Tucson. And uh, so this Saturday at 6 o'clock, the gates are going to open at Kino North, and they have some great pregame festivities, as, as, as you heard her say. They have a um, – uh, it's basically a, a set of banners and posters that were with Climb for the Fallen, which is the group that honors the firefighters that perished in, the, in, the, uh, in New York City in the, uh, the World Trade Center uh, catastrophe that had happened, uh, 343 firefighters that lost their lives. They'll be honoring them with, uh, with some beautiful posters and banners. And uh, if you're a first responder, if you're a family member of first responders, you know just how close this kind of stuff hits to home like it does with me. And uh, it's very important to honor those people that are in our community, and they'll be doing that with those four heroes that are going to be honored as well, um, people from the Tucson community that are, that are heroes in, in many different ways, but in every way deserve to be honored uh, this night and every night. Okay, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk some Wildcat football. Rich Ornberger, the color analyst for San Diego State, is going to be joining us. We'll talk some Aztecs and Wildcats next. You're listening to the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Join Spears and Ali this Friday from 3 to 6 for Bear Down Friday at Main Gate Square. Join the community as we cheer on your University of Arizona football tw- football team. There's happy hour specials from 4 to 7 at all the restaurants and patios adjacent to the pep rally, the Junior Cats Activity Zone for the kiddos, 
The pep rally will begin at 6 o'clock featuring the Pride of Arizona marching band, the cheerleaders, the Palm Squad, the twirlers, and our lovable Wilbur and Wilma Wildcat will be there as well. For more information, go to ESPNTucson.com and Bear Down Arizona. Joining us right now to talk some San Diego State football, we're going to preview the Aztecs and Wildcats. It's going to be kicking off at 7.07 at Arizona Stadium on Saturday night. He is a color analyst for San Diego State football, also host on Fox Sports San Diego 1360. He is Rich Ornberger, and he joins us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. Rich, good morning. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing really good, Jeff. Happy to be on with you. Excited to head out to sunny Arizona. <laughs> well, it's it, you may get a little more sun than you bargained for. It's been record heat uh, here recently, and uh, it doesn't look any signs of slowing down. So hope you guys bring your uh, your cooling and sideline fans with you. Yeah, no kidding. I, I was looking at it. It's going to be a very moderate, you know, 90-plus degree Saturday. Hopefully it cools off at night. But we all know hope is a poor strategy when we're talking about the weather in Arizona. Yeah, exactly, especially in September. And you guys have been here before. I mean, look, and, and playing Pac-12 teams is, is nothing new for San Diego State. You guys have feasted on Pac-12 teams in, in recent years, obviously, in, you know, in your non-con schedules and things like that. What is, you know, I, I guess the, the philosophy of San Diego State? I mean, you want to stay regional and things like that, but it seems like it's not like they're a sleeper team. Everybody knows that San Diego State has a good program, yet they continue to beat Pac-12 teams left and right. What do you think that is attributed to? I think mostly it's attributed to the players. Look, as, as good of a coach you want to be, and, and San Diego State has enjoyed good coaching uh, with Rocky Long prior to Brady Hoke and now Brady Hoke as he takes over the football program again, uh, it really comes down to the players because they have to get up for those games. And I think a lot of these players, whether they were recruited but not offered or they were completely passed over by a lot of these Power 5 schools, there's a bit of a chip on their shoulder. And these are talented guys and, like I said, well-coached. And so it comes down to two things, the, 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 the level of effort that they play with and um, the consistent and, and fundamental uh, practice and technique that they rep uh, all week long in preparation for these games. You know, there's, there's talent in the group of five, and when they get opportunities to play up, so to speak, uh, they got to make the most of it, and I think San Diego State really does that. You know, Rich, normally when you go into a college football season, you look at what happened last year, uh, you, you, you know, look at who the returning players are, look at what the outcomes of games last year. But And I don't know, I, think, I mean, everybody's got a different philosophy and such, but 2020 was a completely, you know, unprecedented year in the world, let alone the world of sports and college football. I'm one of those people that just believes you just throw last year out. Don't don't bring anything with you from last year to this year when you're trying to assess how a team will succeed or or how they will play. How do you feel? What what are, what are your feelings about the carryover from the 2020 season? Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, really what you got to do is just look at it as almost like a practice year. All those games were scrimmages. You know, they were just opportunities to see your roster perform in live action. I mean, and per the NCAA protocols and rules, we have these, you know, COVID-19 super seniors now, right? These guys who elected to come back uh, because all these college football seasons were so greatly affected by this pandemic. They're giving these guys an opportunity for a do-over. You know, so, so truly, if the NCAA is looking at it that way, I think we all should, too. I think for the coaches, it, it may have been somewhat of a benefit in certain cases. 
you know, that they actually got out to play some football last year, but there were a lot of schools that really didn't, and it wasn't that necessarily their fault. You know, they couldn't find someone to schedule with in short notice. Uh, the, the opponents that they were scheduling had COVID protocol issues. So, yeah, I'm with you, Jeff. You just throw that year away. You take what positives you can, and you move on to 2021 and hope for, hope for a better and more consistent season. And one of those seniors you guys have had a, a, a wonderful game on Saturday night against New Mexico State, talking about Greg Bell, of course, uh, really, really talented tailback for you guys. I know that he had some injuries earlier on in his career. It seems that he's bounced back from those, though. Oh, absolutely. Greg Bell is, is one of these guys who can be physical enough to stick it up in between the tackles and really get those hard yards. But then he has the capability and the vision to see a soft corner or to see where the defense is out leveraged, and, and he has breakaway speed. So he could find a sideline and gobble up all the green grass available. So he's a special talent at running back. He's got to stay healthy. Obviously, that's going to be a goal throughout the season. It's going to be a much longer season than it was last year. But if, if he stays on the field, this could be a really special year for this rushing offense. Rich, I got a chance to watch some of the, the game on Saturday night against New Mexico State, and I think you know everyone can agree there's not much to, to, to glean from that. New Mexico State, not a very good football team. Uh, you guys did struggle a little bit earlier on there. It was 10 nothing at halftime. And, look, you know, as, as one fellow brilliant offensive lineman to another, because we are the smart people on the field, um, what was your takeaway from the entire performance against New Mexico State? You know, New Mexico State had that week zero matchup that nobody saw except for me because I went searching for it so I could study them on film against UTEP, right? So the mm-hmm. Aggies had that, that game one under their belt. They had knocked all the, the rust and dust off their shoulder pads and they were ready for a hard-hitting game. And Doug Martin down there in, in New Mexico, he's got, he's got a high-effort team. I mean, are they, are they as talented as some of the other teams across FBS? No. But he's got a hard-working team, and he's got a bunch of willing guys who will hit you. And that's a good sign for their future. Um, as far as the first half, I just think they kind of got, got caught, you know, a little sluggish uh, off the bus. You know, it, it was their first action. I'm talking about the Aztecs, San Diego State. And, and, uh, and their opponent already had a game under their belt. It's sort of, sort of uh, you know, compared to the NFL. Like, if one team didn't play in the preseason – and another team had an opportunity to get some games under their belt and ready their offense and get their defense used to, you know, banging pads, and those teams met in week one, you know one of those teams would look a little bit more organized. And I think that's what we saw in the first half. And then, obviously, the defense of the San Diego State Aztecs blanked the Aggies in the second half. The offense was able to churn out 28 points. And so it ended up being, you know, what, what looks like on paper a landslide victory. But it was, a, it was a hard-fought game, and I think it was a good game for them early in the season because any win that feels like a loss, those, those are really good because you don't want to have moral victories in college football. You want to yeah. win them all. But if you can have those learning lesson games like, like week one was for the Aztecs, that bodes well for your future. Yeah, coaches love those. Games that you win, but there's a lot of coaching moments within, you know, throughout the game. You go back to the, the film, and, I mean, I've been in those, you've been in those, and 
you just sit there and be like, God, how did we win this football game? <laughs> as bad as I played, or as bad as we played in this aspect, or you know, we couldn't, you know, we couldn't block anybody. We, you know, I, I've been in those, and it's, uh, you know, it sucks. But the coaches love them because you still get the W, and you can still chew out your team the next day. So it's, it's a wonderful win-win for the coaching staff. We're talking with Rich Ornberger, <laughs> color analyst for Aztec football, right here on the Jeff Dean Show. I want to talk about the quarterback position because. There was a lot of talk in the offseason. You get the Georgia Tech transfer. Uh, you've got Brookshire, the, the Juco kid, of course. There was some discussion about who would get the start. Brookshire get the start but didn't play well in the week one game against New Mexico State. Had a rating of 73, I think, a quarterback rating, which is not very good in college football. Uh, what was your takeaway from the offseason transition into quarterback and what you saw on Saturday night? Yeah, I, I think there's uh, some some growing pains and, and learning to do at that position. But I'm hopeful because I think Jordan is a great leader. I think he has a very solid understanding of what this offense is trying to be and what they're trying to do. He needs to be a little bit more decisive. I think when he's throwing, he needs to calm his feet down in the in the pocket, right? reads and then and then throw with some decisiveness and he'll you know he'll he'll do better for himself again you know week one you're 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 trying to just earn some consistency and you're trying to get some momentum going as you roll into the season I I expect to see a lot of change week over week especially at that position in terms of uh, Brookshire's improvement because I think he's capable of improving I think that he uh, he has some talent, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him sort of embrace the role. It is difficult when you're uh, amid a quarterback competition the entire offseason, and all of a sudden you win it. It sort of feels like, oh, wow, I'm the guy? Oh, wow. You know, I'm not fighting for this anymore. I'm the guy? And you, you kind of see that a little bit with Brookshire. So I'm glad that they got a home game under their belt before they go into what's supposed to be a raucous environment in Tucson uh, because uh, he's going to need his composure this weekend against the Wildcats. On the defensive side of the ball, San Diego State, you know, under Rocky, was they were always so solid. I mean, in every aspect of, of the defense, whatever level you were talking about, first, second, secondary. I mean, it, 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 was, it was always solid. You, you always knew you were going to be in a dogfight because San Diego State was going to keep every game close. How does this year's defense look in comparison to previous iterations of Aztec defenses? They're looking pretty solid up front. They got some. They got some dudes now. They got a, a kid named Cam Thomas who's going to be all everything in this conference. He's he's a real difference maker on their defensive line. Caden uh, McDonald out of the linebacking group. You know he can rush. He can cover. Uh, he was named captain in this offseason, and he's on some of those preseason award lists. He he had a big big year for them down the stretch of the season last year. Uh, you know coming into his own. And then you look in their secondary, and they're young. They do have some returning talent in, in terms of Trenton Thompson sort of anchoring the secondary. But they got a, a freshman playing, and they got a, a sophomore playing, and Noah Avenger and Noah Tumblin. But they did some good things last week. I think they really stepped up. So I, I'm anxious to see how this season starts for them, you know, through the first four games or so. We'll really get to know what kind of defense it's going to be. But at, at least – at least through the second half especially, you saw how special of a unit this could be. So it might be another one of those, you know, top-ranked Aztecs defenses this year, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. 
Rich, I'm not sure if you got to watch uh, much film or, or any live action from the uh, Arizona-BYU game, what your takeaway was of what you saw out of Arizona in that film. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I saw a lot. Yeah, I watched that entire film a couple of times now, and I think Gunnar Cruz is a competent quarterback, but they need to protect him better. You know, I, I want to say it was something nearing half his snaps. He was pressured. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I'm curious to see if they don't open up this offense a little bit more in this game against the Aztecs, because a lot of the passing game uh, was really close to line of scrimmage. I think they only attempted two passes downfield beyond 20 yards, and one was incomplete and one was intercepted by the Cougars. So a lot of short passes, they sort of majored in that. Um, as far as the running backs go, Wiley and Anderson, they're, they're kind of similar guys. Uh, they, they split reps, so I'm curious to see if, One's going to tote the rock or get more touches than the other in this game, too, here. Um, got a really nice receiver in Berryhill. Uh, he stood out, obviously, and he made all of his yards after the catch because, like I said, most of the passes thrown were, you know, inside 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, but Jeff Fish, good coach. You know, he's going to have these guys playing hard. And uh, Don Brown, the defensive coordinator on the other side, he likes the blitz. He likes the pressure. So if there's one thing San Diego State has to be ready for is those five- and six-man pressures that they're going to see uh, come Saturday. Well, it's going to be exciting on Saturday night, no doubt. Uh, I think I'm expecting a really good game. I'm expecting a close game. I don't even – I can't even predict, a, a, you know, a winner or a loser in this particular one. I think both teams have a lot they still have yet to prove, and uh, we're looking forward to the game on Saturday night. Rich? Thank you for your time as always, man. We appreciate it. Have safe travels to Tucson. Stay cool. Enjoy the game. And uh, we'll talk to you again sometime down the road, okay? Sounds great, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. That's Rich Ornberger, color analyst of Aztec football. He's a host, been a longtime host on uh, Fox Sports 1360 there in San Diego. Former offensive lineman, uh, played guard at Penn State, uh, was in the NFL for several years. Uh, played in Arizona, played for the Cardinals uh, for a season. So, uh, yeah, Rich uh, Rich knows the game. He knows the game extremely well. You can tell that by his analysis there of uh, what we just talked about. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I, you know, I think one of the you know, one of the names, if you're going through the uh, through the the San Diego State coaching staff, and I was just kind of looking around. I was like, you know, Brady Hoke, obviously the head coach. A lot of people familiar with that name. Another name that people might be familiar with is their wide receivers coach, Hunky Cooper, multi. Uh, championship, multi-time championship winner with the uh, Arizona Rattlers, one of the most uh, celebrated players in the history of Arena League football and certainly here in the state of Arizona with the uh, with the Rattlers. Hunky Cooper on the staff there is the wide receivers coach. He's he's a tough dude, man. He's tough. He's wily. He's He's got, you know, he was a guy that wasn't blessed with all the greatest athleticism in the world but just played his tail off. And uh, so looking forward to uh, to seeing Hunky on the sideline there. Or maybe up in the uh, up in the booth. I'm not exactly sure where we'll see him, but uh, looking forward to seeing him. I haven't seen Hunky in, in quite some time. So, FanDuel, folks, Arizona sports betting is here. It has gone live today. You heard earlier in the in the uh, show. I made my first ever, uh, you know, my first ever wager on FanDuel sportsbook live right here when I with my eight leg parlay of NFL division winners this year. Now I didn't get the forty to one odds on my week one game because. I, I'm not eligible for that promotion, but you are. If you sign up with the promo code today, use the promo code DEAN. 
D-E-A-N, you could get that bonus, $200, on your first $5 bet. 40 to 1 odds on any week one game. That's promo code DEAN. Now, new customers get that only uh, when you place your first wager. They make betting simple. The app, uh, FanDuel app is super easy to use. I can figure it out. You can figure it out. Plus, when you win, you get paid in as few as 24 hours. Don't forget to look into that 49er-Lions game. I like the 49ers minus 7.5. I think it's a great risk-free bet to spend that uh, that 40 to 1 odds on if you tend to, uh, if you want to use that and uh, splash on that one. I think that's a good a good choice for you. I think the numbers are, are going to be in your favor on that one. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. They're going to be hooking you up with exclusive odds boosts all season long, great promotions, and so much more. And to get that bonus, just sign up with the promo code DEAN, and you could win $200 on a $5 bet. That's promo code D-E-A-N exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21-plus and present in Arizona, new users only. $10 first deposit required. Must wager in designated offer market. The max bonus is $200. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. When we return, we'll put a big, bright red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next, right here on ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, when we're all finished here, I think I may just go ahead and draft a fantasy team. I was... I was talking to my buddies last night. They were showing me their fantasy teams. Like, one of them is in five different leagues. Another one's in three different leagues. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to do this. But it looks like fun. Like, and it's just, you know, you use the app, uh, the FanDuel app. It, and it just they just take care of all of it for you. You can do the the, uh, the weekly uh, fantasy setup where you just pick a new team each week. And I think that may be best. That way I can, I can just avoid picking players that are playing against my favorite team. And I don't have to worry about it. So I probably will draft a team. But I'm going to make sure that I have a couple of these guys on that team. Now, I mentioned some of the sleepers uh, yesterday, some of my fantasy sleepers for the season. I just I love what LaVisca Chenault looks like in Jacksonville right now. I think he's he's got to be a must-play unless you are just completely loaded at wide receiver and flex. I, why wouldn't you play LaVisca Chenault? I mean, we saw what his production was here when he played for Colorado, of course, in the Pac-12, how just much of a wrecking machine he was in so many aspects of the game. Now you bring in a coach who was a you know a college-learned coach in Urban Meyer, a rookie quarterback who's going to be looking for safety valves all over the place. And I think all that leads to LaVisca Chenault having a big season. Obviously, the risk of injury is always looming large with LaVisca Chenault because he did spend a lot of time in Colorado on the shelf. But... I, I just, I, I've always liked him as a player. He's, you know, he, he's a bigger guy. He finds ways to get the ball, and it just, you know, he, he's he's dynamic. He's difficult to deal with for defenses. So um, I love LaVisca Chenault as a, as a, as a fantasy pickup. Um, check him out. You know, if you, you, may, you, you may not want any Jacksonville Jaguars on your team. They're not going to go scoreless all season long, so you might as well pick somebody from the team. Nobody else will. You, you, you can be that person. Um, if you're someone who's a, a stat geek like I am, really, you know, kind of buys into the numbers, likes to look at numbers, see things that are that are in, you know, black and white, uh, like I do, check out uh, Michael Lev's article from late last night when he talked about the red zone numbers for Arizona and why 
red zone numbers are so important and why they are currently the reason, I think, you know, one of the main reasons why Arizona is in this 13-game losing streak that they're in. And very little of it has to do with the current situation at Arizona, even though red zone performance against BYU wasn't very good. It's just that other teams that they're playing are so much better. So it's it, it's an interesting read. Go and check it out. Go to Tucson.com, of course, the AZ Daily Star. And uh, writer Michael Lev always does a great job. And uh, he did the homework. He did all the legwork on this. The statistics are depressing and glaring all at the same time. So um, check it out if you're if you're kind of a stat geek and you like to look at the actual numbers. And you know you're you're someone like me that uses analysis and that's you know particular way to look at teams and their performance and their successes and failures. This is a a must read for you. Go check it out on uh, on Tucson.com. So when <laughs> when you're picking. You know, games in the NFL, I know it's difficult to not go with your emotions. And, uh, you know, people have already hit me up and such, and they're like, you're a homer, you're picking the 49ers to win the West, you're picking the 49ers to go to the NFC Championship game. Look, I, I mean, is there – are there are there you know, better picks, I guess? I, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you do with the NFC? Does Green Bay lose interest? Are they, you know, are they actually that good? You know, I'm already regretting my pick of Washington over Dallas in the NFC East because Ryan Fitzpatrick has never been on a playoff team. And as good of a coach as we think Ron Rivera is, his 10 seasons in the NFL have only yielded three winning seasons. So it's not like it's not like these guys are the indomitable duo. I don't know. I'm already regretting my picks. I may make another one when we're done here. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to our guest today, Amanda Powers, FC Tucson president, and Rich Ornberger, color analyst for Aztec football. Thanks, as always, to Mary back in the studio for all her hard work. Stick around for Spears and Ali at 3 o'clock, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow for a football Friday on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson.